again. What's going on? My mic was muted there. I'm sorry. I, I, you know, sometimes you just run into issues and you got to take care of them. But welcome back to Bridging the Geekdoms, or welcome for the first time to Bridging the Geekdoms. I'm your host, Robert Slavinsky. And right now I'm by myself waiting for uh, my little co-host, Ida, to get back on here. So while we wait for him, there's a couple things I actually wanted to talk about that we didn't have in the show notes. But I'm going to bring them up, bring it up now because I think it's kind of interesting. Uh, first and foremost is this here. Uh, it looks like Todd Phillips decided to share on Instagram. Uh, I don't know why. Uh, he showed on Instagram a copy or the front page of his upcoming sequel to The Joker. Joker, Foulier, Adieu. Uh, something like that. I don't speak French, but yeah, that's what's going on. And uh, let's bring him in here. What's going on, my man? Up, oh, can't hear you. Oh, geez. Oh, man. Can't hear you. <laughs> nope. Mm -hmm. All right. Anyway, so he is making a Joker sequel, and it looks like he's got Queen Phoenix reading the script there in black and white. I don't know. I personally, I don't think this film is needed. I think the first one was not a very good depiction of the character of Joker uh, because it it didn't. It, it wasn't for me. Let's just put it that way. It was, the first one was not for me in any way, shape or form. However, a lot of people worked for it. I mean, it made what a billion dollars and. Joaquin Phoenix was the first actor to ever win an Academy Award for the lead in a comic book movie. Yeah, I get it. It was a big film and, you know, Phoenix did an amazing job. Uh, at least, you know, it, it was to some fans, it was a good movie, but uh, it didn't work for me. And the way that it ended, I don't think we need a sequel, but I do understand from a business standpoint, from Warner Brothers standpoint, that a sequel is warranted. Look how much money it made. Look how little money they put into getting it made. So to me, it makes sense that they're making a sequel. I don't think they should. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Uh, will I see it? Most likely. <laughs> I mean, it's what I do. I complain about things getting made, and then I go and watch them anyways. But let us know in the comments what you think. Do you think that a Joker sequel is warranted, is needed? Do you want to see Hello? it? Hey, there he is. Hey. There, there's, there is the man, the only man, I shall say, who can take the rock in a fist fight, Kenneth Yambo. Yeah, I'm not going. I'm not going to make that publicly uh, supported by me. Just the rock <laughs> uncovers it around the atmosphere of social media because you never really know. So um, I would actually, I would, I would absolutely be the one willing to to record that. Just, yeah. just saying. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like a couple of my friends would also have fun at uh, recording that interaction or encounter as well. So. Um, but yeah, it's good to be back. Um, have a lot to talk about. See, you've already delved into some really interesting things that I have uh, topics for that I have thoughts on. Is this a topic yeah. that we cover later on? Um, uh, no, no. This actually, I don't think uh, okay. no, this wasn't in our notes. I kind of just threw just it up there like waiting a, for you. <laughs> just like as a quick take, um, I am really interested because I believe the subtitle of the uh, movie, I don't know if you've touched on it, uh, I believe means something or was defined as something when I read it. It was like, yeah, uh, it's escaping my mind personally right now. But uh, Foulier, uh, meaning or Fulia, Fulia, delusion or mental illness shared by two people in close association. 
Okay. Yeah, no. So that just sounds really. Um, so a lot of people were thinking that it's that that there's one of two two scenarios people think is going to play out here. One is that there's going to be a <clears throat> a person who impersonates the Joker in this upcoming film who has a similar disorder, and then there's another one that could they be introducing this this iteration, a new iteration of Harley Quinn? Okay. Yeah, the obviously the latter is what fans would uh, be hoping for, but I think more realistically, uh, an impersonating Joker. I know Willem Dafoe, who's been long, who have fans have wanted for a long time. There even said that, um, or about a couple. I don't even know how long ago it was, but he did say that he would be interested in doing something in that sort of universe and stuff. And really interesting that those comments came and then. Right yes. now, we're dealing with something that um, that just kind of relates to what Willem Dafoe kind of hinted at, and uh, could be really fascinating seeing like a Willem Dafoe impersonation of a Joker versus a Joaquin Phoenix Joker. Yeah. And um, that I mean, I'm just fascinated and interested to see. Uh, basically, um, Todd Phillips was rumored also was trying to take or was all was one of the people that was in the running for to take over the DC uh films division and um that's going to be interesting but for right now it looks like his full attention's diverted to the joker sequel as it should be so excited yeah, yeah. i need to see more developments on that all right um the next thing i kind of want to touch on here is another quick quick bit um zach snyder posting on uh, social media a couple really cool things first off we got this here a makeup test that he shot with his iPhone, uh, getting ready for Rebel Moon. Uh, I mean, that's yeah. intriguing, <laughs> to say the least. But so, just to, as a phrase, so Zack Snyder, honestly. Um, <laughs> stuff that he shoots with his iPhone kind of looks better than uh, most most people's projects that come out in the cinema. So, it's uh, yeah. always nice to see Zack showcase his talent. And then Anthony yeah. Hopkins getting casted and then a nice little picture after. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, so he's really, he's really pushing this movie. And I, I got to tell you what, I, I'm not going to sit there and say I wasn't excited because I, I love a lot of what Zack Snyder makes, mm -hmm. but I didn't know how to feel about Rebel right. Moon to this point. And these few little tidbits that we saw over the past couple of days have really piqued my interest a good bit. Uh, right. I got to say I'm more interested now than I was a week ago, which is what that's right. supposed to do. Kind of how I sell it to myself is Zack Snyder's Star Wars in a way. So that's kind yeah, of and how I, it's kind of been built, uh, like built up to be. So that's kind of the phrase I have in my mind when I think about this project. And that's exciting. So Yeah, and I'm all for that. I'm all for that whole idea of him making a Star Wars. And just seeing those pictures that are like looking at this, like I, I don't see the Star Wars in it. So yeah. how, how did he – that's just – yeah, I'll be interested to see how it plays out for sure. Got but... weird Steppenwolf vibes from uh, yeah, exactly from Hopkins's uh, character. So, but let's get into the show here. For those of you who are new, our setup is pretty simple. The first 15, 20, 25 minutes or so uh, consists of a few hot topics, be it reactions, reviews, or news-worthy items to discuss. The rest of the show is then dedicated to a main topic for that week. This week's main topic will be the Jurassic Park. Jurassic World series, and we're going to rank them as we prepare for what we believe is the final installment of the franchise. If you do happen to watch live, which we have nobody watching right now, sad face, 
Uh, we do encourage everyone to watch live, so feel free to comment on the live chat on the topics we are discussing to get the conversation moving. But let's get into things here. Uh, this year, I kind of I, I want you to take the lead here. I did a full review of Kenobi episode four just today, released on the channel. So I kind of want you to talk a little bit about episode four of Kenobi, your thoughts and feelings so far. Yeah, no. So um, obviously, I love the show, and uh, the beginning that we've already had has been um, fascinating. Road to just see the follow up to episode three, and kind of seeing Obi Wan's journey in between, and obviously the return of Ewan McGregor has drawn me to this series as much as it has. But one thing I do wonder is what's the end game here, in a way, and is there an end game in place? Is there going to be a season two? I know it's been listed as a limited time series, or um, I believe that's the correct title for it. And uh, there's been speculation lately that there's going to be a season two. Um, but was it intended? So for this episode, I kind of viewed it as a redemption episode from where he was left off in episode three of Obi-Wan of the show. And I believe that it kind of gave us a redemption moment, a hero movement. Is this the moment where he can kind of get his swagger back before a new hope? And um, this, and from what I'm getting from it, is this a show about him just saving Leia in a way? And that's basically the whole journey, or is this something that leads into a, bigger part in terms of the formation of the empire the death star the build-up and i don't know for right now the series to me at least feels stuck between somewhat the isolated pacing of the mandalorian and i do believe that they tried to capture that isolated area until they introduced leia and then that's when it was fully into part of the larger story of the Skywalker saga. And while I still love it, I'm interested to see how these two episodes kind of either wrap up his story or either leave the bridge open to a season two where something else where he's focused on something else or maybe um, kind of seeing his journey cross over with some of the things that we've been seeing with the Mandalorian, the book of Boba Fett. So it's just going to be interesting to me. And, uh, obviously like I keep saying, I love the show, but the final two episodes for me are going to be a wait and see approach with me. So I'm interested yeah, to hear yeah. your takes. I know you just did review, but just, yeah, in this I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll hit off of some of the points you, you talked about here. Like what's the show's end game in the first place. I think the end game, from the get-go was to have another meeting between Vader and Obi-Wan for Obi-Wan to realize that he did not actually kill Anakin on Mustafar, that he has to face his demon, his biggest failure. He has to face that in order to become the man that he was or is in a new hope. Uh, and to, to truly believe that there is a new hope to come. I think at this point in time, to this point, he hasn't been that man. He's been secluded. He's cut himself off from the force. He's more going through the motions and protecting Luke than anything else. So I think that was kind of the whole idea behind this series. Personally, though, I don't think they're executing it very well, at least his arc. I don't think his arc, it started off great. And that moment when he realizes Vader is still alive, coming face to face with Vader up to that point, which was the first three episodes, I think was handled really well. Yeah, there were some oddities there, oh, some things that they could have done better, but I think it was handled really well. The moment after, you know, or not the moment, but the, the short time after him facing down Vader, you know, he was 
injured, but these injuries have played no role in this past episode. These, they, his fear of Vader wasn't there this past episode. There was a lot of issues that I had with chapter four. And I did talk about a good bit of them in my review. So I'm a little worried that these last two episodes are going to do one of two things. They're either not going to wrap everything up nicely and well, or they're going to rush through everything and it's not going to be satisfying. So that's my concern, but that's, that's what I think. This episode definitely had more of a filler episode sort of feel to it. And um, while I still enjoyed the episode itself, going just back to reviewing the episode itself, um, I just, very short too, I felt like. It was the shortest one I've noticed out of all, uh, all four that have been released. Mm-hmm. But um, it definitely sets up things that could, like as you said, be rushed or maybe even set something up further down the line. So we're just going to have to wait and see. But um, I like how we, uh, we got some spam comments here. It's kind of funny. <laughs> I didn't even see, honestly. Yeah, they came up. Honestly. Naked HD XYZ. Nah. <laughs> Thanks for watching. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, you know. We're going to kind of move past Kenobi here. I'm hoping it does better the last two episodes, but we'll definitely see. And probably on the finale, the week of the finale, we'll really focus on the series as a whole and talk about it then. Uh, But the next thing we're going to talk about is The Boys. Now, The Boys was something that you were so excited about. We talked about it last week, how excited you were. I unfortunately haven't watched all three episodes. I've watched the first two. I haven't gotten to the third one yet. Uh, But that first episode, holy crap, that first 10 minutes was I, ridiculous. I'll be honest with you, if you want a basic breakdown and want to take a free anatomy class, well, I guess not free because you would have to have a subscription to Amazon Prime and you just wanted to learn basic anatomy of the of the male, you would definitely watch the first episode of this show for sure. Um, I'm not going to lie, this kind of gives me a throwback to when people were clamoring for Paul Rudd's Ant-Man to, um, you know, the whole Thanos theory and stuff and to see it play out in actual in actuality obviously on a much smaller scale but like just to see it play out is um yeah it, it was just interesting to watch honestly curious to hear what you curious to uh, hear what you thought about that so um yeah give me one second yeah i mean that whole thing at the beginning with that was was just absolutely absurd i couldn't believe that 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 they went that far and, and you would it's dumb for me to say that, but honestly, like they went there, <laughs> like it was yeah. disturbing in so many ways. Right. But yeah, no. But um, as a whole, for the obviously, I won't spoil the three episodes. But as a whole, I believe that it just. I'll keep it short and sweet with me. Best episodic run right now that's currently airing weekly, and it's um, it's a joy to watch every episode. You really have no idea how crazy an episode can get. It can literally happen out of nowhere. After I, I guess you can categorize a slow start, and uh, the show picks up at any time. I believe Anthony Starr's performance as Homelander has been great to this point. Um, I won't spoil anything that happens in the third episode, but I believe just the cracks that are coming and coming through and you can kind of see that maybe he is going to embrace that Omega man and Superman in him on the, on the darker side of just, you know what, I could just obliterate this whole planet and why not just do that. And it's just curious to think that maybe that's where this show is heading, where we're going to get a full season of just a world under Homelander's rule. 
And I would be excited for that. I think Anthony Starr is a highlight of the show season in, season out. And um, I honestly can't wait till next week. You definitely have to catch up. Oh, and I will. One, yeah. thing, one thing that really strikes at me is the, how, how at the center and how at the heart of this show, it's really Billy and Huey's relationship. And I think it's done. I think the couple. I think the first couple of episodes have done a great job of elaborating and moving forward their and forwarding their relationship in different aspects. Having him as a boss, then you know things happening, and um, I think it's a great show. And can't wait to tune in. Definitely have a spot for next week for the for the fourth episode review. So stay tuned for that. All right. Next thing uh, that we're going to get into here is they dropped a Black Adam trailer, which. Uh, I told you I felt like something big was going to happen this past week. What did I do? Uh, whatever, let's go like this. All right. Um, so let's kind of go through it here. I have it on mute, so that's why you're not going to hear anything. But, I mean, honestly, uh, what are your thoughts on this trailer? Because I okay, talked about so it. The trailer does the job, obviously. I think it, you know, obviously um... – hypes you up, introduces you to the characters that we're going to be spending a lot of time with in this movie. Um, me, personally, I believe that they are missing the mark with a character like this. I believe this is a character that could just very well warrant an R rating, honestly, with more mature content. And for some reason, with The Rock involved, I do believe that this is going to be kind of a continuation of the trend of, of DC movies that we have seen. Um, hopefully, I do believe that it'll push the edge of the PG-13 uh, rating. But just as a character, I believe that it warrants some of the some of the characters look beautiful on screen. Doctor Fate kind of summoning the mirror dimension. It looks like in a way, but um, I believe some of the casting choices are awesome, and uh, this interaction is honestly hilarious. But um yeah no i'm curious to hear your thoughts honestly i know that uh we spoke a little bit earlier in the day about this and it's like uh, it's gonna be a pull pull and tug with this movie i feel like for me okay so let me play devil's advocate here because i have a buddy who this trailer pumped him up exponentially uh i'm gonna just go out there real quick and say look i'm not impressed with this trailer i'm not i was going to even i was gonna try and fake it and act like i was all into this trailer but i can't like watching again here i just i'm not into it a trailer in my opinion has always been that it needs to be something that pumps you up that gets you more excited than you were before seeing the trailer this trailer didn't do that for me it basically it's what i expected uh, if not even a little bit less than what I've, than what I would be expecting from this film, uh, this, this, so that's kind of where I'm staying, but my buddy, he's freaking out about it. He was messaging me yesterday after he saw it when it came out and he's just sitting there so hyped up, like, Oh, I can't wait for this. And the, the big moment that he talks about, uh, does it, we passed up, uh, was it this part here this part like he loves that part like he was like he punched the wing off of a jet that's absolutely crazy and it's like okay man i i, I guess <laughs> i definitely warranted a reaction for me that's one of the cooler shots of the trailer but this had a very teaser trailer feel to it rather than an official trailer tv feel to it i don't yeah. think it revealed much um than what we got when we got that i guess first opening piece footage of it and stuff and I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of, yeah, 
I kind of looked at it as a teaser. I know it's saying official trailer, and I know that most teasers usually run about 90 seconds, and we got uh, two minutes out of this, so it's a little longer than what a teaser would be. Normally, if an official trailer gives you a little idea of what the story is, this didn't. This doesn't right. give you any idea of the story. I think that's what I think that's what bothered me with it just, is that just the van scene gave me Thor vibes in a way, like the first Thor movie in a way. Um, I really hope that that's not the trail that this movie follows, where he wakes up and then he meets these people and then goes on an adventure with these people and eventually runs into the Justice Society of America, who, to me personally, look great. Um, but I, I. I really hope that this connects into Shazam and this ends up with a either Superman interaction or maybe even um, an interaction with, Sh uh, with Shazam himself. But for right now, I'm just... Uh, and very he does look great. Yeah, the he costume looks, looks great. Yeah, and he looks great as the character, but I'm worried that the story won't be as great as maybe the look of the characters is in a way. It, 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 I kind of wish he had his pointy ears. Yeah. <laughs> This this was a great scene, but like I said, kind of follows a trend of what we've seen in the past with the recent DC movies. So Pierce yeah. Brosnan as Doctor Fate, though I believe, is one of the best casting choices. And yeah, that was definitely one that I didn't expect. Yeah, not one that I would have expected. And he looks perfect, honestly. So yeah, but let us know in the comments what you think of the Black Adam trailer. Uh, we're not overly hyped for it, but then again, it's not saying that I'm not excited about the movie. I've been excited about this film. It's just the it trailer did nothing. Uh, since 2007. Since Literally. 2007. It was initially announced in 2007. That's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. All right. Moving on to the next thing, and I don't know if I really want to talk about it, but Ezra Miller, a new report has surfaced highlighting that actor, Flash actor Ezra Miller is in a bit of trouble yet again uh this here uh comes from cosmic book news i don't know where they got it from though the flash star ezra miller is accused of grooming a young girl and her parents are seeking an order of protection to keep the actor away from their daughter in court documents obtained by tmz it said that ezra miller first met uh, takata iron eyes when she was just 12 years old with miller when then 23 years old Miller was visiting the Standing Rock Reservation in North Dakota, and according to the girl's parents, it's there where they sparked a friendship that has put their daughter at risk. They are claiming that Miller flew Takata to London in 2017 to visit the set of Fantastic Beasts and where to find them, with Takata only being 14 years old at the time while Miller was 25. The parents also claim Ezra has supplied their underage daughter with alcohol, marijuana, and LSD, and that as a result of their friendship, Takata has dropped out of school. Whoa. Faster. The documents also reveal that the parents flew out to Ezra Miller's home in Vermont in January to get their daughter, where they discovered Takata didn't have her driver's license, car keys, bank card, and other items ne needed to navigate life independently. Uh, her parents say they also found bruises on Takata's body, which they alleged Ezra caused. Following the girl returning home, it said she fled to New York City to reunite with Ezra, and from there, the pair have been traveling together to Vermont, Hawaii, and L.A., uh, worth a mention is that while Miller was in Hawaii, he was arrested numerous times, which, which we've, we've touched about. upon previously. The court documents further allege that Ezra Miller told Takata to go by a different name, Gibson, and that Ezra decided Takata is a non-binary transgender when Takata had previously declared herself as non-binary non queer gay. 
Ezra uses violence, intimidation, threat of violence, fear, paranoia, delusions, and drugs to hold sway over a young adolescent Takata, states the parents of the girl who is now 18. And Takata is the daughter of Chase Iron Eyes, an activist, attorney, politician, and member of the Oglala Sui, Sui tribe. I'm terrible at names. I'm sorry. if Don't take offense to the way I say things an instagram account said to belong to takata responded to the controversy by mentioning how supportive her comrade ezra, ezra miller has been and i'm not going to get into all that uh right. but what do you think <laughs> what do you think i mean you know we've obviously discussed his troubles in hawaii uh, numerous times on the show before and i think just the overall messages is where's the support you know where's the where's the help that you know ezra seems to need and seems to yearn for through the actions that he's done and um you know i don't really know what's going on i don't like to speculate on people's mental health states and stuff like that but it definitely does seem like he needs some time to i guess reset and kind of prioritize what's important to him because this is following the same route of just, you know, tanking his career before it really even gets to start. I know he's been the Flash. I know he's been in the Fantastic Four franchise and he was in the perks of being a wallflower, but still young in his career and to have longevity in the business, you know, there is some sort of decorum that's required. And for right now, it seems like that's kind of lacking in this situation. And obviously you don't want to speculate because uh, while court documents can it's what's really it, we don't really know the full context and story behind it so yeah, um yeah. you know obviously with this movie coming out next year it's going to be interesting to see how the marketing team kind of tries to ploy away from this and um yeah that's kind of my take on it obviously i just hope that as a person that's trying to yearn for the Snyderverse to be restored i know that this continuing will obviously be detrimental to that idea happening. So hopefully things can just be righted. Honestly, honestly, I think at this point, um, I, I think, and this is coming from a business standpoint, like looking at it from Warner brothers perspective, I think they need to cut ties with them completely. Yeah. Uh, I think they need to just say, look, here's the deal. You got a lot of stuff going on in your life. If you get this straightened out, come back and we'll talk. Uh, but right now, you know, we can't we can't move forward with a Flash movie with you. We can't move forward with the next Fantastic Beast movie with you if they didn't make another one of those. Uh, you know, they, they they need to sit back and, and look at their reputation a good bit and understand that maybe they need to be a little harsh on him for him to maybe hopefully get the help that he needs. So I think that's kind of where it stands at this point is, look, cut ties from him let him get the help he needs and go from there. Uh, now with this story here, because you're, there's, there's a lot of diciness here because yeah. this is a lot of hearsay. This is a lot of, a lot of the parents saying this. Now here's the kicker. Why did they wait until she was 18 to say anything? And that's what is going to happen. If this does end up going to court, if this does make it to in, being in front of a judge, that that's going to be a question. The judge asks, yep. why did you wait four or five years before you yeah. did anything here. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be a big issue. But then is this a cash grab for them? Are they just thinking, Oh, look at all these issues he's been in. And our daughter happens to be involved with him in some form or fashion. Let's try and get cash out of this. Right. So there's a lot of, 
unknown. areas and things. And There's unknown. a lot of unknown variables in there. But a question I wanted to ask you is, do you think this would have any effect on the Flash movie itself? Um, I think the Flash movie is going to move forward as it is, regardless of what happens with Ezra Miller here. They've shot it. They've edited it. They're working on it still. The amount of money it would cost for them to go back and do reshoots. You got to remember, Miller's playing not one, but two roles in this film that right. we know of. There's rumor that it could be there could be a third as well. So he's playing multiple roles in the film. That's a big portion that they would have to reshoot with another actor. And not only that, but bring in a lot of the actors that were there at the time. You know, I mean, they could digitally do some things, but they may have to bring some of the other actors back still. It would just cost too much money at this point and possibly causing further delay of the film, right. which I don't think they want to do. So I think they're going to move forward with what they have. If things don't get fixed, there's no reason why they can't recast the flash or they can't bring in a Wally West and have a story that something happened off screen with Barry or something in that regard. Uh, because you could, and honestly, I think that would, wouldn't be a bad idea. If his act isn't together by the time they want to move forward with a, a second Flash movie, introduce Wally West and say that Barry Allen got lost in, in the Speed Force. So that way, if he gets his act together, then they can have a huge moment where right. he is saved from the Speed Force. So there's ways around it that they could definitely go. But I, again, I don't think I think the Flash movie is what it is. If you want to talk about the Snyderverse. I don't see it moving forward at all if he doesn't get his shit together. I don't because right. it, the, I think Zaslav will be willing to say, hey, Snyder, let's do this. But only if the actors stopped acting like fools. And I shouldn't say actors. Actor <laughs> stops right. acting like a fool. Really, really, really just a solo one, honestly. And then obviously yeah. relationships would have to get repaired between Ray Fisher and Warner Brothers. But as soon as as soon as Hamad is gone, that that relationship is is yeah. nearly mended at that point. So that's the way I would look at it in that from that standpoint. But I don't know. This is a this is a, a touchy yeah. subject here. And and touchy, you know, yeah. then it gets into oh, yeah. and then it gets into a lot of the LGBT stuff with the non-binary, transgender, non-binary, queer, gay thing. And that's where I think a lot of a lot of backlash has started coming on social media. People are freaking out because, you know, uh, a website put up an article about it and they didn't use the right pronoun or they didn't do this or they didn't do that. So the, it's just, this story is just going to get worse only because of, little stupid things like that where the fans are going to get involved and it's just going to keep looking bad for Ezra Miller, regardless if any of this or all of this is true or not. So I, I again, I just think they need to, I, and I think they need to publicly state this. I think they need to go to Ezra. They need to talk to him and his management team and say, this is the plan, you know, get fit, get helped, get this under control. Sure. We're going to make an announcement that, you know, we do not stand behind these acts or anything but get everything under control and then come back to us at the table. That's what I think a scenario, do. I think a scenario where get the help you need, come back to us and we can talk and figure things out where you fit. Um, you know, recasting wouldn't be the worst idea. And then obviously the Snyderverse being restored would obviously be on a more smaller platform, maybe like HBO max. Mm -hmm. So having him being the small screen flash while having a new character be, as you said, Wally West could be a recasted Barry Allen um, would be, 
be a step forward in this universe because having multiple flashes operate at the same time is the point of expanding on the multiverse in this movie. So yeah, we'll just have to see. Definitely. Uh, before we move on to the main topic here, I do want to throw up an ad for our network, or not our network, but a show on our network. Here we go. Do you listen to podcasts that sound like this? Hey, welcome back to the Super OK Podcast, where our audio sounds mediocre. Or do you prefer podcasts that sound more like this? Crisp, clear, fun, easy to listen to, and full of awesomeness. Well, then you should check out Spoiler Country, hosted exclusively over at SpoilerVerse.com. All right, nice little little ad there for Spoiler Country. They're the guys who pretty much um, launched our network, which is SpoilerVerse.com. So make sure you head to SpoilerVerse.com. You'll find things from Spoiler Country. Obviously, you see my my shows here. I got a whole bunch. I've been posting a bunch lately. We got some news that we'll throw up there from time to time. But uh, the podcast, uh, there's a many. There are plenty here for anybody and everybody who's interested in listening to the podcast. So go to SpoilerVerse.com for all that fun, for sure. All right. Let's get into the main topic here of the day, which, again, I... I was a little hesitant on this doing this main topic. And I know that this week, the final uh, film in the franchise is due to come out, but we're going to talk about the Jurassic park series and Jurassic world series. And we're going to discuss the films, all five films that have come out or yeah, five films that have come out thus far. And we're going to rank them and we're going to kind of do it similar to how we did star Wars the other week. We'll just go, you go, I go, you go, I go, that kind of thing to go down the list. Uh, So go ahead. Go ahead and start with your number five, I guess. So our number fives are mutual, and it's yes. going to be the most recent entry into the series, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Um, the first 30, 35 minutes of this film are some of the best moments that we've seen in the Jurassic franchise, and we get to see the destruction of, I believe, Isla Nublar, or Isla Nublar. and, um, you know, we just get to, we get thrown right into the action. And I think the premise is an interesting premise but i believe they just fell short on this um it's kind of the redo of the hybrid dinosaur or genetically the hybrid dinosaur just on a smaller scale um and while i believe that you know bringing them to the mainland or even finding a second or securing a second site for them is interesting i they just didn't follow up in any of that and it, it's just a movie that fell short to me. Um, the ending, the ending was okay to me. I I actually liked the ending where they release it all and kind of just let Pandora's box open and just let it free. But um, obviously, we're going to get the follow up to that this Friday or this Thursday. And um, I have tickets to the premiere. My girlfriend have tickets to the premiere, and we're going to go watch it. And um, I'm excited to see it. But just from the reviews I've heard, I heard that. It is not one of the best entries into these into this franchise. So, um, <laughs> yes. Um, so I have actually a. Um, uh, I got to be honest. I've never watched this Jurassic World, the Fallen Kingdom, start okay. to finish um, completely. I caught bits and pieces of it. I started watching it, fell asleep, jumped back in, fell asleep. Then it was just kind of on in the background. I, I was not interested in this film at all there was just nothing that kept me in this film in any way shape or form there was just so much to it that 
I'm sick of the genetically enhanced thing. I don't like that. I, I, the Jurassic World series has gone on such a far departure from what made Jurassic Park great. Even at its worst, what made those films so fun and interesting? Uh, and the following, and Fallen Kingdom, I think, is the one that really highlights the 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 fall of the franchise uh no pun intended there so Literally. um all right go with your next one then all right so i'm going for my fourth it's going to be jurassic park three um you know to me this movie was good serviceable to the franchise but it just didn't it kind of felt the same with falling kingdom it didn't as it was intended to be the end of the Jurassic Park trilogy itself, just wasn't as grand or as big as I thought it would be. You know, um, it was a very self-contained story, which works in some aspects, works in other aspects. But, you know, you would want something more grander for Jurassic Park 3. And, you know, there are moments in it, obviously. And with all these movies, that's the case. There are moments in it that are top of the franchise. But... Um, I believe that this just fell short of my expectations when I originally watched it when I was small and little to when I even rewatched it recently with my girlfriend when we caught up on the series as a whole. And um, individual performances were great, but um, I just believe as a whole with the whole Raptors story and then having the Spinosaurus be, I guess, the villainous dinosaur instead of, you know, the mainstream T-Rex, I guess, is was controversial itself. But um, just as a whole, I thought it fell short. And that's my number four. My number four is The Lost World jurassic park and it's funny that you the things that you said about jurassic park 3 because i feel the same or i feel that way for the lost world i hate this movie and every like the only reason why fallen kingdom is below it is because it's that bad like the lost world i think is just horrendous i remember when it came out was it 96 something like that 97 yeah. it, i mean it was like four or five years after the first one came out and i was as a kid, you know, 11, 12 years old, excited, like more dinosaurs. Yay. But then I watch it and I was just really, wow, this is, this is not exciting at all. I revisited cause I, I rewatched them all before fallen kingdom came out. So it's been a couple years, but I remember going back and watching it and I couldn't stay invested. I could not stay interested in that movie. I'm a Jeff Goldblum fan. And yeah. I think that might be his worst, worst film he's ever made and i don't know i just i was not a fan of that movie and any and this is the one this was the last time that the the t-rex actually seemed like a threat in the films uh they 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 got away from that even yeah. when they went to jurassic park 3 they got away from the t-rex being the threat and that might be the only interesting aspect was the t-rex and it seemed like the lost world was all about what happens if the dinosaurs come onto the the mainland and it was like a 10 minute scene it it just it it, it should have been more like they should have they should have flipped it they should have been like 10 minutes on the island and then an hour and a half or whatever it was an hour and in 20 minutes san diego in san diego yeah that in my opinion but okay. yeah yeah uh what's your next one my next one would be Jurassic World. Um, so I believe this movie, to me, did what it was supposed to do. It reintroduced us to the world, and it gave us, I guess, my one of my favorite moments is the overshot of the whole park. And it's just 
a, a realization of where how far it's come from where we've seen it in Jurassic Park to where we've seen it now fully functioning park of, with dinosaurs visitors a whole hotel system a resort system it was really cool to see the park functioning but to me this movie was a predictable b i believe the only surprise i had was when the t-rex did come out and i believe that that took way too long to happen when it could have happened a lot sooner and i'm with you the genetically engineered thing it, while it's interesting is something that just bores me in a way like it's, it's just not not something that really gets my attention and uh, the raptor thing with owen with uh was really cool and i while some at some point it kind of was like all right we're going a little too far with it i thought at other points it was interesting just behavioral analysis and just genetics and stuff like that so i thought those parts of the movies really shine but just to me i felt like it relied too much on nostalgia for that and um that's kind of where it fell short with me um, I thought the performances were fine. I think I'm one of those people that criticized Bryce Dallas Howard's um, logic behind running in heels from a T-Rex. <laughs> but, everybody does that. I mean, yeah. yeah, it's okay to do that. It was a pretty bad decision. Right. That's something that I feel like will haunt me forever, but that's just nitpicking at that. But while I think it's a solid movie, it's just me, for my personal ranking, third for me. So. Okay. Um. Yeah, I mean, for me, I'm going Jurassic Park 3, and I know it's just one up higher from you, but I loved this movie as a kid. There was something about this film. I, I think it was the... I, I liked the family aspect to this movie probably more than most did. You know, William H. Macy, Tay Leone, uh, then you got Sam, um, Sam Neill back as Grant. You know, you, it was a great cast, and it was... I liked the idea. I liked the this the the main storyline that a kid gets lost on this island unknowingly that it's full of dinosaurs and how realistic is that? I mean, you got to suspend right. your disbelief with these films to begin with, but for sure. I don't know. For me, I just I enjoy that movie. I like the Raptors. I have a lot, I had a lot of fun with that whole aspect of this movie. Yeah, there's some issues. Absolutely, there's some issues with this film, uh, but I don't think it's nearly as bad as lost world or fallen kingdom i think it it's way better than those two movies Ooh. uh but definitely when you talk about my when i talk about my top three you know it's kind of like one two and then way down is three and then way way yeah. way down is four and five right. so right. uh, what's your number two all right so number two is uh to your delight the lost world jurassic park <laughs> to me uh this is i'm I want to, I'm thinking of the term, I guess a guilty pleasure movie to me. Mm -hmm. um, I actually really liked this movie. Um, this movie from start to finish to me had me in. Um, for some reason, I just felt like having multiple T-Rexes and having a baby involved and then just kind of seeing Dr. Malcolm's words come to fruition that life really did find a way and that it's really a fully functioning ecosystem at that point. And um, just having the interactions that we saw and I thought the performances weren't as bad as you as as what you thought. Um, but I guess I should we'll just agree to disagree on that one. But yeah, I believe yeah. I thought the fine. I thought the finale. Well, I thought I would have done the finale different. I thought the rampage scene, as I like to call it, was fantastic to watch. Um, it was really captivating and exciting. And while they could have done more. 
not every movie's perfect. And no. like, like we said from the beginning, these are just our personal rankings. And to me, this is just a guilty pleasure to me. And um, just the concept of having a T-Rex just stampeding through San Diego and causing mayhem was just awesome to see. And uh, yeah, it was a really interesting step in the franchise for to take a step in that direction. And I believe it took some risks that hit with me. And I know I'm not the only one that really appreciated those risks and um it was really cool to watch honestly so that's my number two to completely i guess that's really the only one where we really disagree on so yeah yeah i mean my number two is jurassic world uh i i again i this is a film that i really really do adore i remember when it came out and i cut a portion of my day out specifically so i could go see this movie in theaters because it was you know, Jurassic is back. You know, the, the franchise is back. And I, I just remember walking out of that theater, like, wow, wow. Like I, I can't believe they did what they did there now going back. Yeah. I do see a lot of the flaws, you know, we, you know, the, the uh, Bryce Dallas Howard running in, in pumps. Like that makes no sense. I'm sorry. It makes no sense. Like you're telling me that nobody on that set said, maybe we shouldn't do that but right just a thought comes up maybe against one of the more i guess labeled dominant predators that we've ever yeah. that's ever lived against the on the planet honestly so but you know i i just and while i don't like the genetically enhanced thing i'm okay if they just did it in that first movie and then exactly. cut it off right yeah exactly because i i like the idea and the concept of of the raptors and kind of training them to almost be like soldiers for you. I like them genetically, you know, enhancing and creating their own dinosaur. Okay. I can see that happening, but the fact that they were like, well, we're going to stick to this storyline and do it again. Even though we saw what happened here, we're going to keep doing it. It doesn't make sense. Right. And I know I just said, you got to suspend your disbelief, but come on now, come on. You know, like there's, there, there comes a point in time when dinosaurs kill enough people where you're like, all right, no more of that. <laughs> you know, like, yep. There was a point in time where we used the atomic bomb and uh, the entire world was like, okay, no more of that. <laughs> right. Know? No, I think, you know, the movie did its job, but uh, my problem with it was that I felt like it leaned on the nostalgia a little too much to me. And that was a little distracting when it came to the movie itself. There was some um, nostalgia. I mean, I definitely, I love stuff like that, but I don't oh, like it. Course. I don't like it whenever it's, you know, Oh, it's been five years since that came out, and now we're gonna reference it. No, I, this was great because it referenced things that came out more than twenty years prior. Yeah, twenty years prior, and that to me was cool because it's like, oh, I remember that. Oh yeah. Oh look, it's the Jeep. Oh look, it's that. You know. So I enjoyed that aspect of it. Yeah, there was a good bit of it, but it didn't. It wasn't enough to take me out of the film. I thought it was a step in a different direction for sure, but I just guess the follow up that we got to it. While while you haven't seen it in its totality, I've seen it a couple of times in its totality, and um, it just it kind of ruins the first movie in a way just because it fails to follow up on a lot of the promise that you walked out of that theater saying like, wow, like that, that really was different. And you would think yeah. that the sequel would be able to take it in a better direction, but in reality, as you've alluded to, and both of us have alluded to completely squashed, squandered those opportunities. Yeah. So. Uh, but number one, uh, we both had the same thing, obviously. <laughs> it's, Jurassic Park, it's the original one. It's the one that started it all. I mean, is there any real conversation do we need to have about it? You know, My I, 
my only annoyment with the Jurassic World franchise is that Jurassic Park is over, I believe now, 30 years old, and it still looks better than Jurassic World did. And it's just mind-boggling to me that the technology, the I guess, digital limitations that they had back then versus the digital advancements that we have now, it's kind of crazy. That- I think a lot of it is time also, because you take a look at a movie back in 1992, 93 that you know is made they allowed them three years to make a movie. I mean, I'm not exaggerating. They would have like three years to really focus on the pre-digital work, then the digital work, the pre-res, all that stuff, all the way up to when it's done, they then would have another six months to 12 months before the movie even came out sometimes. And I'm not saying that I don't know if that was the case with Jurassic Park, but that's how it was back in the day. Nowadays, over the last probably 15, 20 years or so, there's been a shift where you get maybe about a year and a half, two years max to get a, a story to page, get it cast, get it shot, get the special effects done and get it on screen. So I think that's a big reason why we see such a shift in difference in how special effects were. Also, I mean, we, we've moved to more digital and digital isn't as forgiving as the old, um, I can't think of, uh, you know, the old film, like, uh, I can't think film heads out there. Yell at me in the comments if you want. But I mean, back then it, it wasn't digital. You know, a lot of it was animatronics. Yep. Yep. animatronics and stuff. And they were, they, they just made sure it looked real. So I think that's a big thing. And, you know, it, my, my mom loves to talk about Jurassic Park because she read the book before the movie came out. She was a huge, huge fan of the book. And she, she's always she loves the film as well, but she's always been one of the people that are like, Oh, the film is way different. The The book is so brutal, so brutal. They made a big change from the book to the movie and that didn't matter. People who read the book and loved the book still loved the movie. Love the movie. And that doesn't happen nowadays. I, I, I'm going to take another Spielberg film here. Ready player one. I have my, the same friend that I was talking about black Adam, huge fan of that book. Ready player one. Watch the movie was devastated, hates it, thinks it is the worst thing ever since Hitler. He he hates it. Like it, it he oh man, like the, the way that he bitched about that movie was ridiculous. So if you take a look, like today, people don't accept that movies are gonna be different than the book and enjoy it. Even the Harry Potter films, they were different, and there was a lot of people who would complain about that. The Hunger Games, people would complain about it. But that movie, nobody like everybody universally loved that film just because of what it did for cinema at the time. Yeah, no, real old school blockbuster feel, like plot that was really entertaining and interesting. Um, just I could only imagine at the time just the advancement that it had on cinema cinematic expectations moving forward. And that that in part is what I feel like contributes to the hate that the Lost World Jurassic Park gets is that it failed to live up to the expectations of Jurassic Park. And while it may have been a fine film to some, and to me at least it was, and to others it might be as well, but um, to overall comparing it to the Jurassic Park side and close, and that's comparing it to all the rest of the films. It's really a testament to the job that they did on the original film that it's held even all the rest of the films, including Jurassic World. I know that's number two for you. And if you compare both, it's not even close. It's Jurassic Park 
And I think it's just the introduction of, wow, these massive creatures and these creatures are back. And how would the interaction between um, human and and animal in the go? And I think while it could have been more brutal, I think just for what it was, it was brutal enough to the point yeah. where we can insinuate what happened and all that stuff. So Samuel Jackson was great. In it, uh, that everyone really sleeps on the fact that Samuel Jackson is in that film. And um, yeah, it really, and obviously some of the plot threads are being followed up on with uh, Dr. I forgot his name. Is it Dr. Wu Wong? Oh yeah. I think it's Wu. I think it's Wu. Wu yeah. Yeah. So obviously it's still important even in the upcoming film Dominion. So yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how Dominion ha plays out if the, the reviews haven't been great. But uh, I plan on, I think we're going to go see it this weekend. We're actually yep. going to go see it at the drive-in. So Okay, uh, that's interesting. I, I, yeah. I wish we had the opportunity in New York to do that. But we will, me and my girlfriend will be watching it on Friday. Uh, might be my date, might talk to you a little bit later about my debut of doing my first movie reactions. So I like might, that idea. Um, so we'll uh, we'll follow up on that. It might be a little bit of a teaser for that. So we'll uh, we'll see. Uh, so for those who watch this stream, if you haven't seen um, or if you didn't know or if you're new, I don't know what I'm trying to say here. This past weekend, I went to Three Rivers Comic Convention and I had a blast. So I kind of want to take the last few minutes here and just and talk about that a little bit. I, I had a lot of fun at the convention. If you've never been to a comic book convention or a comic convention or a convention at all, you need to get to one. And uh, the guys over at Three Rivers Comic Convention, John Engel and the group that he was working with to make this happen with New Dimension Comics, they did a fantastic job with this show. They put it into the David L. Lawrence Convention Center in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. It was, I've been to one other, I've been to Steel City Con and I enjoy it there. But they put it in a small convention setting. The, the, the building they put it in is very small and it's just claustrophobic at times because of how many people can be in there. This had room to breathe. There were a lot of people there, but because of the, the, the building they were in, everything was just roomier. There was more, there was more room, room to breathe. breathe. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's Literally, really what yep. it was. And it was, it was quite amazing. It was a great time. And I did plan on uh, doing on-site interviews with a lot of people, but um my nerves got the best of me a little bit here, so I didn't get to do what I wanted to do. However, you brought I me. I would have. I would. I would have interviewed anybody and everybody in that place. <laughs> uh, well, I uh, did actually get to talk with um, a lightsaber school called Saber Guild, and I kind of want to just pull this up and play it for everybody. Now, this this video itself will be up on the channel tomorrow morning by itself, but. Uh, for those listeners on the show, for the podcast, all that stuff, here it is. It's just a quick minute, 50 second thing. You can see how nervous I was. It, I just, I wasn't feeling it. it was, this is the first time I did anything like this. I've interviewed people so many times, you know, on the computer camera like this. No issues right. at all. This was just so much different, but here we go. Oh, I can't wait to see my Hello, Robert here. I'm at Three Rivers Comic Convention. Uh, with me is Saber Guild, Matacor Temple. Uh, you are... I am Lance Masaki. Master Dag Attaway. Excellent, guys. This is a really cool setup. I love that you are going to be doing like a little training with Padawans here for lightsaber training. Um, so tell me a little bit about what you guys do just besides the training. Where are you guys located, all of that? Uh, we're located out of Harrisburg, but Saber Guild itself is international. Okay. 
Yeah, we traveled to, you know, all over the place. You know, like I said, you're from Harrisburg, drove all the way out here to Pittsburgh. We've been up to, you know, Allentown, places like that. We'll Just doing it. Yep. Just doing our training. <laughs> That's awesome. So when did you guys get started with this? Uh, this temple actually was founded about two years ago. Uh, but I've been doing this in a few different groups for the past five and a half years. Uh, I, I'm the newbie, about six months in, and I just received my masterhood. So. Young Padawan. So are you guys worried about any dark force users coming in here, kind of overtaking you guys? Uh, we've heard rumors that the Seven Sister will sh is around here, and we're worried that she'll show up during our Padawan training. He's worried. I'm not. I'm not concerned at all. All right, guys. Well, you know, thanks. Here, you guys going to be anywhere else anytime soon? Uh, we're actually doing a small break for about a month, I think. Uh, but we will likely be at the Pennsylvania Renaissance Fair in uh, September for their uh, Time Travelers weekend. Excellent, guys. Thank you so much, and uh, I look forward to seeing the training in a little bit here. All right. <laughs> Oops. All right, there we go. That was a 10 out of 10 interview. I don't know what you were oh, worried thanks. about. We need, and we need to get you to interview a bunch more people. So we'll, <laughs> we'll start working on that in terms of new content. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I tell you what, it was it was a lot of fun. It uh, seemed those like guys fun. Were great. I, I personally have never gotten the chance to go. Um, I unfortunately have always had the dream of going to San Diego Comic-Con one year, but um, from the past couple of years, it seems like the hype around that event has really been bogged down with, you know, Disney doing their own thing. And then, you know, it seems like uh, Warner Bros. moving forward really wants to put an emphasis on their DC. And, you know, while this year's fandom was pretty lacking in terms of content, we've spoken about it. Last year's fandom or two years ago's fandom was crazy, like the amount of content that we got and stuff like that. So I wouldn't be surprised if we get a third round at DC fandom and, uh, and I'm sure it'll be much better, but um, I've always wanted to go. I've always wanted to cosplay. So I definitely have to find my way at some point to maybe New York comic con or something like that. Well, I, I, you know, I took some pictures. I got some pictures that I'll probably be throwing on my, I threw some on, on my Twitter the other day, uh, but I got a lot of contacts. I also got a good bit of comics here. Um, a handful of comics of from independent creators. And that's kind of what I want to do because that's what this show is about is, you know, highlighting people who don't normally get highlighted with things. So I got a whole bunch of cool stuff. I was actually noticed. I was recognized at the convention. There was a guy that I was walking through and I saw him and I was like, Hey man, you're, 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 he had a really cool display and set up. He, he wrote uh, this comic here and I was real impressed with what he, what he had. And he, he looks at my shirt and he goes, wait, bridging the Geekdoms? It's like, I was just listening to you yesterday. I was like, oh shit, that's great. So, you know, it, it's one of those things that it's just a great time. And just to, to celebrate with people being nerds. And I'm going to tell you right now, I am going to be interviewing a lot of people from this convention. I talked to a lot of people who they, they're doing some really cool things. There's this guy here who, uh, uh, let's see, what's it called here? Oh, I can't remember what he, what he called it, but um, he had this little scribbling pad here. And anybody could go up and write it and, or, or draw on it, not write on it, draw on it, draw whatever. And his whole thing is to get people out and just draw. If you're artistic, just draw. Get out of the funk. Get out of your head. Just draw. The more you draw, the better you're going to get. And I just thought that was a great message. 
and so it's people like that who I'm going to be talking to as well as comic creators, cosplayers, and so many other people that I met there. It was really cool. Uh, Starfleet was there. They were trying to get me and my son to join Starfleet. They were really, really trying hard. They gave me some uh, Star Trek money or something. I don't know. Nice. Uh, <laughs> made out of uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's so much fun. If you get a chance, you should definitely go. I am planning on next year. Hopefully I'm going to, we're going to make a big event out of it for, for bridging the geekdoms. I think I'm going to talk to John Engel, who was the one that, uh, that I interviewed a few weeks back. I'm going to talk to him and see if we can get involved in a big way. So maybe even if it's something that you're able to, to travel down for a weekend and, for and sure. go to go see a penguins game too, for that matter. So yeah, well, hopefully if they, if they put it at the same time, or if they put it at the same time, that it's in the right. playoffs. So hopefully they're still playing at that time, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> uh, this year's display wasn't the, the most, yeah. the most dominant one. So but yeah, so uh, it was a great time and uh, bravo to the team over there. They did a hell of a job with that convention. Uh, so yeah, that's that's all I got today. Do you have anything else? No, uh, actually, I just wanted to do like a quick little thing. We actually skipped over it, but uh, Miss Marvel, first reaction on a scale of one to ten, all I'm asking for. Uh, scale of one to ten, ten. Eleven. Eleven. I'll give it an eleven. I'll, go, I'll, I'll stay with a nine. <laughs> I, I loved it. I couldn't believe how much I loved it. Yeah, it was same. adorable. It was captivating. There was so much. I, I have a whole review. So go watch my review because I just gush over this show. And to me, this might be the best Marvel show that has been on Disney Plus thus far. And this is after one episode. So that's how much I enjoyed it. Okay. We'll definitely follow up with that next week, obviously, with the episodes dropping. So yeah. stay tuned for that. And uh, we'll we'll. Stay, stay on the lookout for the Jurassic Park Dominion uh, possible review. All right, man. All right. Well, take it easy, everybody, and we will talk at all of you later. <laughs>